and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the August 15th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Let's kick off with some of the highlights from the weekend in the major European club football leagues. Manchester United's miserable start to the new Premier League season continued with a humiliating loss at Brentford, as we hear now from the AP's Dave Ferry. Manchester United is 0-2 and still seeking its first goal of the season following a 4-0 loss to Brentford. United trailed 4-0 at halftime for the first time in a Premier League game. Mistakes by goaltender David De Gea led to goals by Josh De Silva and Matthias Jensen, the first coming 10 minutes in and the second 8 minutes later. Ben Mee made it 3-0 with a header after United failed to clear a corner kick. United was coming off a 2-1 loss to Brighton, in which it tallied on an own goal. I'm Dave Ferry. Thanks, Dave. Man U's new Dutch manager, Eric Ten Hag, says poor execution hurt his team. They follow my instructions, and but yeah, they make bad decisions. And yeah, this is football. There's a, there's a game of mistakes, and we get punished. Meanwhile, the Danish head coach of Brentford, Thomas Frank, says his team made a big statement with the victory. The best feeling is that when you play against these top six clubs um, and you win, that's crazy. But when you win fully deserved, that, that's even more impressive. I don't think it was a 4 0 win, um, but, but I think it was a clear deserved win. Brentford manager Thomas Frank adds the clear deserved win can serve as a motivational tool. I don't say surprised, but um, they keep showing me how, how good these group of players are together uh, and that we can make it difficult for, for every team in, in the Premier League. And, and it's just another performance and result that reinforce the message I can use to the players and they use it to themselves. The nickname of Thomas Frank's Brentford team is the Bees. And you can say the Bees definitely caused a buzz in the Premier League over the weekend. Bzz, This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. Elsewhere around the Premier League, Defending champion Manchester City thrashed, visiting Bournemouth 4-0. Ilkay Gundogan, Kevin De Bruyne, and Phil Foden were Man City scorers. And there was an own goal in the 79th minute from Bournemouth's Colombian midfielder, Jefferson Lerma. Man City manager Pep Guardiola says he likes the production he's getting from Belgian star De Bruyne. Kevin is a star to... Since last season, I think so. Before it was just assist, assist. Now he's enjoying, you know, winning games, scoring goals. The pleasure to score goals is, I can imagine, is, is big. And it's important again, he scored a goal. Pep Guardiola and Man City are bidding for a third consecutive Premier League title. The team opened the season with a 2 0 road victory against West Ham 
Man City's new Norwegian striker, Erling Holland, had both goals in that match. Guardiola says he's not concerned that Holland was held in check by Bournemouth. He plays the most difficult job in the world is when you are a striker and defend defensive areas like, like uh, Bournemouth. They have three central defenders and two players in front of the central defenders and you are in the middle. <laughs> How can you survive in that? The Gunners of Arsenal, like Manchester City, picked up their second win of the season. Arsenal defeated visiting Leicester City 4-2. Brazilian striker Gabriel Jesus scored the first two goals for the Gunners, and then he assisted on the two others. Arsenal's Spanish manager, Mikel Arteta, says the Gunners are making quicker decisions compared to last season. The rotation can be the same, but the way they can execute it at that speed um, and being that precise is, is completely different, and then it's much more difficult to defend. Let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Nigerian striker Taiwo Awonii, who scored just before the halftime break Sunday to give newly promoted Nottingham Forest a 1-0 home victory against West Ham. I guess you could call it a belated birthday present for Awonii, who celebrated his 25th birthday on Friday. He officially joined Nottingham Forest in June on a five-year deal. Nottingham Forest signed him for a club record fee from the German side, Union Berlin. Another Nigerian, Joe Aribo, also scored over the weekend in the Premier League. Aribo scored in the 72nd minute for Southampton in their two-all draw with visiting Leeds United. Aribo is 26 years old, and he joined the Saints of Southampton in July after three seasons with Glasgow Rangers in Scotland. Both he and Taiwo Awoni of Nottingham Forest have also played for Nigeria's national team, the Super Eagles. Sporty greetings. This is Sunday Olise, former captain and coach of the Super Eagles of Nigeria. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In another Premier League result, Chelsea and visiting Tottenham Hotspur drew two all at Stamford Bridge in a hotly contested match in which both managers were shown red cards after the final whistle. Senegalese defender Kalidou Koulibaly opened the scoring with a goal for Chelsea in the 19th minute. Danish midfielder Pierre-Emil Hajberg equalized for Tottenham in the 68th minute. Defender Rhys James put the Blues of Chelsea back in front with a goal in the 77th minute. And then Spurs star Harry Kane equalized for Tottenham in injury time on a header to salvage a point. Final score from Stamford Bridge, Chelsea 2, Tottenham 2. Chelsea's German manager Thomas Tuchel was furious that Kane's goal was allowed. He believed that Chelsea's German midfielder Kai Havertz was fouled in the build-up to the goal. Tuchel argued after the match with his Tottenham counterpart, Antonio Conte. Tuchel talked about their scuffle. Well, you know, I just compared it to two players who had a, have a bit of fight on the, on, the, on the field, but nothing happens, nobody gets injured. And, and then the players, if you have a hard tackle, a fair tackle, and you don't go later and apologize, and there's no need. It's, it's Premier League football, and the two managers got involved today. 
because both of us were fighting for our teams and that was it. Nobody got insulted, nobody got hurt, we didn't have a fist fight and something. So for me it's not a big deal. It was part of it today and it, it, it boiled of course and it heated up but nothing bad and it was I don't know, it was today was part of the game. We fought both for our teams and uh, happens it's, it's so close here it was so it was such an intense match and uh, the, the both uh, dugouts are very very close and so it got a bit heated from both of us meanwhile tottenham manager antonio conte also downplayed his feisty incident with thomas tuchel i think i think that uh, uh is not so important it's not so important the the most important thing is always football and uh to, to speak about the game, the game was an intensive game, and uh, for us, uh, this game was uh, was really tough. But uh, you know, you know very well that when uh, when you come here and uh, to play against Chelsea away is always difficult, and uh, they have a really good team. Before the match, Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel said he is hoping to bolster his team before the Premier League's transfer window closes on September 1st. We could use one more one more central defender, yeah, if you look at the, at the numbers and uh, given the fact that in the moment we play with a back three and um, the profile of the guys in the back three is a little bit different, I, I admit. So we're playing with, um, also with Aspi, who is uh, more a, a fullback as a central defender in a back three with Kukureya, uh, it's possible it's a good position but they can, the both of them for example cannot play as central defender so I think we could use us and, and strengthen our squad in depth and strength in both but you know it's, it's one thing what you wish for and one other thing what, what's possible and it needs to be uh, it needs to be possible and we're looking for top quality and, and uh, top personalities good characters and, and real competitors on the highest level so it's you don't always get what you wish for and that's why we are calm and we're ambitious at the same time and still still quite some days to go until the end of the transfer period and as you know as good as I is everything is possible until the end before arriving at Chelsea Thomas Tuchel was the head coach at French power Paris Saint-Germain and before PSG, the German club Borussia Dortmund. At Dortmund, he had a chance to manage Gabonese star Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who is now with Barcelona. Tuchel says he maintains a strong relationship with Aubameyang. I enjoyed a lot working with him. It was a, was a pleasure. You know, some... some some and this has nothing to do with the situation now, but some players stay your players because you were very, very close and, and Oba is one of these players. We had a very close relationship and it's always when we played him here with Arsenal or, or um, and an opponent team it was always uh, straight away this close bond and um, they, they always stay your players in, in in a way and Oba is one of these guys. In France, Brazilian star Neymar had two goals to help defending league champion Paris Saint-Germain score a 5-2 win over Montpellier. Kylian Mbappe also scored for PSG, but missed the penalty shot in his return from a groin injury. It was a night when Argentine star Lionel Messi was held scoreless. 
PSG teammates, Messi and Neymar, by the way, have not been included on the 30-man short list for the 2022 Ballon d'Or trophy. Messi has won the most Ballon d'Or trophies in history with seven. Now, the favorite to win this year's prize given to the world's best footballer is French international Karim Benzema of Real Madrid, who scored 44 goals in 46 matches and helped Real win the UEFA Champions League and Spain's La Liga. In its La Liga opener on Sunday, Real Madrid rallied for a 2-1 victory over promoted Almeria. Lucas Vasquez and David Alaba scored second-half goals for Real. Meanwhile, Polish star Robert Lewandowski endured a frustrating La Liga debut for Barcelona, which played a scoreless draw with visiting Rayo Vallecano. More than 81,000 fans turned out at Camp Nou to see the new-look Barcelona, which signed Lewandowski and four other new players in the offseason. Finally, in Germany's Bundesliga, Senegalese star Sadio Mane had two goals ruled out through video review, but defending champion Bayern Munich still beat Wolfsburg 2-0. Jamal Musiala and Thomas Muller scored first-half goals for Bayern, which is bidding for its 11th consecutive league title. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. Turning to tennis, Pablo Carreño Busta of Spain and Simona Halep of Romania won the men's and women's singles titles over the weekend at the Canadian Open Tournament. The men's competition was played in Montreal, Canada, while the women were on the court in Toronto, Canada. In Montreal, the 31-year-old Busta rallied to win what's being described as the biggest title of his career. He defeated Poland's Hubert Herkaz in the final 3-6, and 6-3. Now, Busta is the first unseeded player to win the Canadian event in 20 years. And in Toronto, Simona Halep won her 24th career WTA Tour title, beating Beatrice Haddad Maya of Brazil in the final, 6-3, 2-6, and 6-3. Meanwhile, the world's top-ranked men's tennis player, Daniel Medvedev of Russia, is competing this week in the U.S. city of Cincinnati, Ohio, after playing last week in Montreal. At a news conference in Cincinnati, 
Medvedev said he won't put up with hecklers after a confrontation with a fan in Montreal. In general, like, I'm not going to go into details who said what, but in general it was that for sure I was after the match, so a little bit disappointed, a little bit uh, uh, adrenaline going up. Uh, and uh, somebody, if it's the right word, uh, mock, like mocked on me. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter after the match, on the tennis tournament, on the street, uh, in my house. If somebody's going to mock me, I'm going to respond. So that's what happened. So I went to, to the guy and say, what's your problem? Why, uh, why you say such things? And he barely spoke English. And uh, yeah, the, the only bad thing about the situation, because then I asked him, Calm, why you said this? Uh, and he said, why? And I say, look, you shouldn't do it. And there were people around saying that he should apologize. Uh, but in general, it doesn't matter. The only thing that uh, concerns me a little bit, that that was his father. And he was saying something to me also. And it's like, I don't know if uh, when I'll have kids, I'm sorry, I'm not going to educate them to, to say some bad things to, to other people, to shout them. No, so first it was uh, the son, and then I came in, and the father was like saying bad things to me. I'm like, better educate your kid than, uh, than saying bad things to me. But uh, yeah, so again, the situation is that somebody mocked uh, on me, I don't know the right uh, word, mocked me. And I'm not going to let people do it, no matter no matter who, no matter where. I'm uh, I'm not someone that is like, uh, yeah, continue to do it. So that's that's what happened. Medvedev was asked at the Cincinnati news conference whether he thinks it's getting worse with fans shouting at players. Yeah, I don't think uh, because it was one of the first times uh, it happened to me. So I don't think in real life uh, it happens a lot. I don't think it happens more. I guess also. The more, uh, let's call it this way, the more famous you become, the higher you go up the rankings, the more it can happen, the more there is a possibility. On social media, for sure, but it's in every sport. Like every sport that I watch, social media is a little bit out of control, if we can say. But that's what social media is. And if not in life, no, I don't think it's growing. But again, it's just probably, maybe not the first time, but it doesn't happen often to me. But again, yeah, I'm not going to let people just uh, shout bad things to me and uh, just continue walking. I'm going to ask him why, why would he say this and what his problem is. Daniel Medvedev lost in three sets to Australia's Nick Kyrgios in the second round of the Canadian Open last week in Montreal. Medvedev says he's looking forward to playing some winning tennis this week in Cincinnati. In general, feeling, uh, feeling good about my tennis, about where I am, because again, the match uh, with Nick, especially now that there are a few days past, was, uh, was a good match, uh, where yeah, I had to be a little bit better, but that's how, how it is, sometimes you, you lose, sometimes you win, and I want to do better here, and uh, yeah, preparing well to try to play some good tennis. That's world number one tennis player Daniel Medvedev, and he spoke at a news conference in the U.S. city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Meanwhile, 40-year-old Serena Williams, who is preparing to retire from tennis, is scheduled to play her opening match on Tuesday in Cincinnati. Serena is matched against defending U.S. Open champion Emma Raducanu of Britain. Now Serena and her older sister, Venus, learned to play tennis in Compton, California, south of Los Angeles. What does Serena Williams mean to tennis players in the area? In this encore sunny side of sports presentation, let's listen in to some of their comments. 
Well, she means a lot because I have looked up to her since I was five. And she, I looked at her when she was playing. I forgot what tournament it was, but I was just like, I told my dad, I was like, I want to be just like her. So ever since I was five years old, I just looked up to her. And she's just been a really big inspiration for me. But her retiring is a very sad thing. But, you know, she's been in it for a long time. So I think it's about time she's, you know, living her life now. So, but yeah, it's very sad. Well, her fight, for sure. Her determination. She just doesn't give up on anything. Even when a match is, like, super hard, she's just still going through that whole entire match strong. So that's what I look at every time she plays. A lot of young people, especially my age, like, we're all just trying to be exactly like her. Or even better, maybe. You never know. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, to tennis, she means winning championships, major championships. But then there's so many things that I guess a lot of us haven't heard of that she's done outside of tennis. So she's truly set herself up for her second or third career. I, I, I honestly believe she will be remembered as the greatest of all time, even though she did not win 24 majors just due to the fact of the way the game has evolved over the last 20 to 30 years. Well, personally, I feel she had a great influence. Uh, at one time, uh, I was a tennis instructor here with the kids, and uh, her dad brought her and her sister out here, Venus, and, uh, you know, they contributed tennis shoes to my program for my kids. So I thought that was very respectful. For myself, you know, when I'm working, I have uh, three, uh, three granddaughters that that I teach tennis to, and uh, I use her as an example, as to uh, emulate uh, work ethics and somebody that's done great achievements in that sport as a female. You've been listening to some tennis fans in Southern California, where Serena Williams and her sister, Venus Williams, first learned to play the sport under the tutelage of their father, Richard. Serena Williams is planning her farewell to tennis, and it looks like the U.S. Open in New York, which begins on August 29th, could be her final tournament. Serena has won 23 Grand Slam singles titles, the most by any player in the Open era, as well as more than $94 million in prize money. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Dumbolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat music show. Returning to the English Premier League football beat, Raheem Sterling was one of Chelsea's big off-season acquisitions. 
VOA's Gwen Ooten tells us more about the move and Sterling's return to London. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. In his seven-year career with Manchester City, England forward Raheem Sterling scored 131 times in his 339 appearances with the club. Last season, he netted 17 goals in all competitions, 13 in the Premier League, three in the Champions League, and one in the FA Cup. And in terms of hardware, Sterling won four Premier League titles and four League Cups with Man City and lifted the FA Cup trophy once. In 2021, he reached the Champions League final but lost, ironically, to Chelsea. Last month, Sterling's time on Man City's front line came to a close when he signed a five-year contract with Chelsea, a club the 27-year-old calls tailor-made. You know, at first, you know, with the few other options I had, it was more one that tailor-made for, you know, my personal goals, um, family. I think it, it makes a lot, lot of sense. And then, you know, of course, with the club, the direction the club's going in. And, you know, you look at Chelsea in the last couple of years, I think it's four or five finals that they've been in. Um, it's a team that shows that they're competing um, and they're only going to get better. So for me, you know, with the, the new ownership, and the takeover, it, it, it made a lot of sense. Sterling is the first signing under new Chelsea owner and American businessman Todd Bowley. The five-year deal is worth nearly 60 million U.S. dollars and makes Sterling the club's highest paid player. But Sterling insists money was not the reason he made the move to Chelsea. He simply wanted more time on the pitch. The move came about, you know, of course, like anything, as a person you always strive to you know, cheese stuff. Um, I just felt, you know, my time at City was getting um, limited on, on playing time uh, for different reasons. And, you know, it's, it was not one that I could you know, afford to waste more time because, um, you know, when I look back in the future, I didn't ever wanted to look back and, you know, see a, a rising and a decline. So my thing was I need to, you know, keep that same level um, and a fresh challenge was, was to, to be made. I said it's something that um, since 17, I've 17... Yeah, been regular starting um, and then to get to the, I feel like, a, a peak time in my career, um, not to, you know, be playing as regular, but something that I, you know, I wouldn't um, kind of accept and, you know, I always try to, always, my personality is to try and fight and um, change the scenario, but it didn't, it couldn't, couldn't come and that was it. Sterling has been a standout footballer since he was singled out for his skills on the pitch as an eight-year-old in northwest London. Just shy of his 11th birthday, he signed with London's Queen's Park Rangers Football Club and was scouted by the academies of Arsenal, Chelsea, Fulham, Liverpool, and Manchester City. He joined Liverpool's Football Academy at age 15 before making the switch to Manchester City in 2015. And now with his transfer to Chelsea, Sterling says his journey has come full circle. I feel like, you know, my my uh, my full journey um, going up to Liverpool, manifesting what I wanted, um, then going to City, living the dream and then now coming back to London as a, a grown adult and kind of been in, in the football game a while and, you know, kind of feel like I've, I've got my, my head on my shoulders. I know exactly what I want from my life and football, so it's, I think it's the perfect time to, you know, have a new challenge ahead of me. 
And while Sterling says he'll miss his time in Manchester, he's happy to return home to London. Of course, with the time that I spent at City, um, it's with a lot of memories, a lot of memories, a lot of top moments. Um, but I say the year, the year and a year and a bit that I was kind of in and out of the team, it taught me a lot about myself. It made me, um, you know, value um, a lot, a lot of things and, and try to get things in order. And um, I said things, a lot of things happen for a reason. And you know, I, I kept with that mentality. And um, it was difficult, of course. Um, my kids go to school there. Um, my son now missing his friends, but. Again, it's those things in life that, you know, you have to make a decision that's best, best for, the, for yourself and, of course, for your, your family. Sterling reportedly dismissed interest from Arsenal and Tottenham Hotspur to join Chelsea under manager Thomas Tuchel, himself a relative newcomer with the club. Since taking over at the start of 2021, Tuchel has guided Chelsea to Champions League and Club World Cup titles and led his side to FA Cup and League Cup finals. Following last weekend's Premier League 2-2 draw against the Spurs, Tuchel, Raheem Sterling, and the Chelsea team will travel to West Yorkshire to face Leeds United for their next league match on Sunday. And that is all for me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. And that wraps up the August 15th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.